And with the nine of cups, of course, there's this distortion of that that says, look, we thought we wanted this, right? We thought we wanted this. And it now it turns out that getting it has made me unhappy, that getting it has led to a lack of, of fulfillment as a person, as an individual, that it's been filled with a lot of disappointment. You're listening to yet another episode of the At Home Tarot Podcast with me, Jenna Dale, codependency mentor, as well as tarot reader and wisdom keeper. In these episodes, I talked you through what I am experiencing in my home readings in both astrology and tarot, and I read collectively for all of us who are looking to self-evolve center into our life and relate in deeper ways to others as well as our existence. Stick with me as I take you through transits in the sky and in the tarot and see where life is heading. I appreciate your presence here. Let's dive back into the episode. Hello and welcome back into the podcast. This is Jenna and I'm excited to get into just the sheer amount of energy happening today, the day I'm recording and the day that I'm uploading this. On July 17th, there's just a lot of astrology happening in the air. I have actually a couple podcasts that I am planning to get out today, so we will see how that goes. Um, definitely this one will be up today. There might be some more today or tomorrow or the next day as I get them recorded because they're just so much going on and so let's go ahead and just dive in but before I do find your center where's it been if you've sort of lost touch with that part of you that really stays anchored in you when everything else in life is sort of happening around you find that center again for me it's on the back end of a really deep nose breath and it just reminds me when I feel that sensation in my mid-body, in my lungs, and my diaphragm, at my literal center of my body, it reminds me where that is and where I am. So let's go ahead and do that now if you haven't. And maybe considering when the last time you did that was. Um, sometimes we lose touch for a few weeks or a few months Hopefully not a few years, but that has been known to happen too. And so let's come back. <laughs> Beautiful. So this particular episode, I'm diving into a very clear reading of the new moon in Cancer. I have also pulled for today a North Node entering Aries anchor card. And so what this is, an anchor card, is usually something we want to pull when there's a longevity to something and so we do have anchor cards in the tarot if you've been following along uh, for transits and we're about to head into a new transit on the 20th 21st so i'll be talking about that anchor card but when something big is happening for instance maybe you're having a birthday and you want to have a card, an anchor card for the next year of your life. That would be a really good use for an anchor card. In a way, an anchor card is also like an archetype card. What can I live into? 
What can I keep coming back to? What is my big learning this year? What is the one thing I can keep choosing to do or that energetically I'm being called to do during this time? And it's sort of an overview energy, the kind that we don't see when it's happening. We don't see it when it's in the present. We like to tell ourselves we see it and maybe sometimes we get inklings of what it is we're going through but our hindsight clears it right up and we can go oh right I remember 2020-21 that was a year of like grief and release and change and restoration Um, but when I was in it I mean I know I was resting I knew I was grieving but I couldn't see the bigness of it and so This anchor card is actually supposed to help us almost be proactive in in that sort of dynamic, and it's going to help us through this time. North Node entering Aries is here for for quite a few years, just like Taurus and Libra. Um, Taurus and Libra was my North Nodes. I'm a Taurus North Node. Some of my friends are Taurus North Nodes. And I will say that a lot of us found the direction we wanted to head in life during that time. Um, we're Tauruses, so a lot of us were anchoring into how we can be self-reliant, make our own money, be really stable as a person in the world, and be resourced in the world, have the things we need, um, find the homes that we want, or at least figure out what kind of home we're looking for. Um, it was a big time for Taurus and North Node to lend energy. So for all my Aries North Nodes, of which I also know, funnily enough, many, this is a big time for you. And I really want to call you to um, not only listen to what the anchor card is when that episode shows up, Um, but to also head to your chart, um, I like astro.com, uh, you can use whatever you like. I like Placidus because it adds some nuance, um, to things, uh, for houses and whatnot. You can also use whole house. Um, but check out what house it is because my North node in Taurus was in the seventh house of partnership and relationship. And so, that told me that I needed to be really stable in my closest relationships. I needed to be self-reliant. I needed to relax a little more. And also I needed to allow myself to indulge in my close relationships and sort of be myself. Taurus being the second sign of worthiness. Taurus being the second sign of having a relationship with who you actually are, your truer self, your internal self. And so my big work the last the last few years of working with my north node in taurus of which i started back in early 2020 was how do i continue to have a relationship with myself when i have a really close partnership and how do i continue to be self-reliant and self-resourced and all of these beautiful stable secure things while i get into a new relationship and that really panned out uh, because I did find a new relationship and it did put me through, um, you know, a couple months of hardship um, before it got really, really good. Um, and 
it, it's not anything I'm going to stop doing. So if you're a Taurus North node, don't stop working on your Taurus North node. Um, but the energy, it's like life gave me opportunities to show me how to do that really well. I was super set up to make better choices, to learn the lessons, um, to anchor into what it meant to be a North Node in Taurus, what it meant to hold on to myself in relationship. And I think a lot of us have been talking about that publicly as well. How do you hold your individuality how do you make sure you're safe and secure in the world while you go out and partner big time? And, you know, there's lots of public discussion about marriage and all of these different things. Um, so very interesting. And I'm getting off on a bit of a tangent. So I'm going to I'm going to recenter myself back. So if you are an Aries North Node. The message I want to give you as someone who just went through a big lit up space of North Node. Let this time change you. For me, the experience of 2020 to now looked extremely different than the five years before. So I went from being alone, living alone, not having a relationship during the previous five years, and which is interesting to think about. Um, with Gemini, I was dating a lot. You know, that would have been um, a Gemini North Node, if, if I'm getting that correctly during that time. And so I was like dating around and, and having a variety of partnerships and experiences with people and hobbies. And I was writing a lot of poetry during that time. That's when my first poetry book came out and it's when the most poor poetry poured out of me. Um, <clears throat> I was really working on my mindset during that time. So it's, it's really interesting to sort of consider these things, but I was not like a Gemini North node. And so during my North Node, my life really set up to expand me in this huge way. And as we end, I'm actually making the most money I've made alone um, since I began to work for myself. Funnily enough, in 2020 is when I started working completely on my own from home. And so isn't that funny um, with Taurus being second house energy of our money and how we make it. So Aries let let your life do what it needs to do because to me it was a huge initiation it changed my life in many ways i went from five years of being single to all of a sudden back in relationship i went from always working for somebody else doing something else to working on my own and all of that was related to taurus i also moved for the first time ever and taurus is a very homey sign it's looking for its home. It wants to stay where it's most comfortable, which is our home energy. Now it's not cancer energy, but it still has this, where am I most comfortable in the world feeling to Taurus? Um, and wanting to sort of set up some stability of where they are. And I moved for the very first time in my whole life during that time. And then I moved again. And so I was really looking for, um, that home energy, where do I feel the most comfortable? Um, so 
let life happen to you during this time, Aries. Follow what it wants to do. Whatever you, the last, like since 2020 look like for you, just know that there's a really good chance that life is going to upend that or has already started. And then you're about to enter a period that looks very different. And of course, Aries being really independent, right? Um, Aries being really dancing to the beat of your own drum. Um, Aries is about the initiation of going out to seek into the world. Who am I? What's my identity? How do I see myself in the world? Um, and there's a lot of active energy to Aries um, and a lot of sort of radically being who you are um, and sort of creating experiences that reflect that. Like, this is who I am. And throwing caution to the wind, my Aries show up big and bold and they know what they believe about themselves and they're really strong about it so <clears throat> that was my little tirade my little offhand about north node entering ter aries and sort of your call if that really got you thinking or you've just looked up your chart and realized you're an aries the north node um then please watch for that episode it will be either today or tomorrow hopefully um, for you because it is happening. And, and I really wanted to give it space on this episode because it's happening alongside this new moon in cancer, which is what this episode is all about. And so I would be sort of remiss and missing out on an opportunity to really say, yes, we're having a new moon in cancer, but it's also combined with this energy. And because Aries is all about uh, independency, individuality, your self-image, your self-identity, and figuring out who you are in the world by going off and having your own personal experiences. It's coming with the Newman and Cancer, which is saying we're setting some new intentions. We're rooting and resourcing um, from, from our root system from our old home and from our emotional foundation of life, uh, cancer really being about family. And Newman in cancer can be about putting in the roots of who do I wanna be my family in this world? Who actually feels like family? Um, I know the relationship I'm in is the first time I feel like the partner I'm with is like family at the same time as being partner at the same time as being friend and lover like there's really feels that feeling I would get when I'm with my parents or my siblings even if you're not having a good day with them there's this their family and they love me deeply even when things are going sideways in our relationship um and I really didn't feel that in any other relationship I've had in my life uh, it feels really nice. It feels really good. Um, so that energy is sort of combining with Aries North Node. And uh, so, you know, there might be a little piece of this right now that's saying, look, what, you know, what does home mean to you with Aries? Like, what is your perception of home? What What is your perception of family? And, and go chase that down because you're allowed to do that. 
You are allowed to have your own ideas of what family looks like and be an individual and create it the way you want to create it. And there's a lot of Aries I watch online um, who have somewhat unconventional families or sort of did family in the way that worked for them. And they're sort of big lights in the world of, you know, a, a new way to parent. And I love watching the Aries in my life do that. So without <laughs> getting too far in, this new moon in Cancer, I pulled us three cards. Um, I also pulled us a fourth from under the deck to have us say, what is the blind spot? What is the deep thing happening here that we're not seeing? Um, and then the other three cards are root resource and respond. Now that's because new moons were usually the, their time of darkness and the analogy of all this is the idea of putting the seed in the ground and covering it up, right? We don't see it, but it's there just like the moon. We don't see it, but it's there during a new moon. It hasn't disappeared. It's just in the soil. And slowly it's going to grow. And so we use this time to set some intentions or something I love to do is notice the intentions available to us. When we stay available, it means that we are looking at all the options in life. <clears throat> we are not stuck using our dysregulated nervous system or our old ego protection as the source of our intentions, which we really, really easily do in this world. We create a dream identity, dream life based on your ego going, well, what would most protect us in this world? Or based on our nervous system, like, well, what would create the least conflict, chaos, or energy expansion to do? And while that can serve us usually for a period of time that we really need those things, you know, we might need emotional or psyche protection. We might need our nervous system to be in a place that's quite vanilla and neutral and nothing going on just so it gets a chance to come back to some safety and re-regulate. Um, we definitely don't want to be choosing um, from that space. And cancer is a beautiful a sign of new moon and a beautiful sign of the moon, of course, in general, uh, because it's ruled by the moon in a lot of ways and um, sort of the feminine line and the root system and the emotional life, but also the crab. You know, the crab is very strong on the outside. It knows how to go around things. Um, cancer sign, I always say, is the biggest area of conflict avoidance of people pleasing those things that we do to try to sort of avoid having a fight about it because cancer has this duality just like gemini in my head because underneath there's such soft vulnerability that it's the softest sign underneath it all um, the most emotive sign underneath it all. Um, and I don't even want to say the biggest feeling or the most intense. It's the softest. When you poke it, it feels it. Um, and it's right there in the underbelly. And so they wear often this coat of armor. Um, and it really depends on the cancer. And of course, you, wherever cancer is in your life, that's probably where you 
armor up the most um, in the, in that area. And you have this sort of outward persona that seems really strong and confident um, and like it's willing to to go to bat. But when you really um, dive deep into that area, there's a softness there and there's the most emotion there. And um, yeah, that's that's really interesting to me in this new moon as well, because the darkness can be um, associated with that suit of armor. It's like this protection and same with the seed, right? The soil is the protection. We don't even see sometimes that there's such tenderness and emotion underneath. And same with the darkness. We don't see the moon. We don't see that etherealness um, in the sky right now today. Um, and all you know and the same with the crab and the same with the seed we're not seeing the seed we're not we're not seeing the softness inside um and cancer is just such an interesting sign for all this and same with roots and lineage and home right a home think of a home and a house and a structure can seem so strong the walls are sturdy right the doors can close the windows can close there's a protection element same with our roots and our lineage you know roots have these protective layers to them and our lineage is often tried to protect there's often a lot of pride involved in cancer because of that and we can really go to bat and try to protect you know what we learned as a child um, and what our root system taught us and, but truly underneath there's something way softer and something more emotional happening with you around all that stuff. So we're going to dive in to, um, to all of this. And so the root resource and respond are the three cards. So the root is what we can, is the stand for the seed, what our intention might be um, what we need to protect in a way what we need to plant um, the the resource card is sort of like when we cover it over um, what are we covering it over what is the soil we are putting around it what is that protection what are we watering it with what are we giving it that it needs that's really important it's kind of like what is this intentions need what do i need during this time in order for this intention to be protected and grow. Um, and then the last card is respond. So, you know, as things are happening over the next two to three weeks, how can I respond um, to everything that's happening that allows this to keep growing, right? All right. And then, like I said, I pulled a card from underneath. And so I want to talk about the card from underneath first because it's often our blind spot. It's often the thing that's actually motivating us. It's often the cut through of all of this and going, what's really happening here that we don't want to say to me, the bottom of the deck is the most honest. It's willing to go there. It's willing to go there. Um, and I got the reverse nine of cups for us as what's our blind spot here. What, what is the true motivation? What's really happening? And so nine of cups is usually this card of emotional fulfillment and success based on pleasure, based on the heart, based on the way we relate to life and 
people have called it the wish come true sort of card um, where we get everything that we have been wanting. And with the nine of cups, of course, there's this distortion of that that says, look, we thought we wanted this, right? We thought we wanted this. And it now it turns out that getting it has made me unhappy, that getting it has led to a lack of, of fulfillment as a person, as an individual, that it's been filled with a lot of disappointment. Um, and that there, there's an air of entitlement as well when the nine of cups is reversed. And so there's this, this energy of I'm entitled to have this. I deserve this. This is what I'm, you're supposed to give me, or this is what the life is supposed to give me. Um, and you might be that person. There might be someone in your life who feels very entitled to get what they want and to get everything they want that will make their wishes come true or make them feel pleasure or make them feel like they've achieved what they wanted to achieve or gotten what they've wanted to get, right? That success. Um, but that's leaving you disappointed. That's leaving you with a lack of fulfillment, um, in your life. And so there's this, this energy coming in that has us looking around our life. And you, again, you might check where cancer is in your chart. Um, I know cancer for me is in my ninth house of travel, <laughs> of higher learning, of philosophy. It's actually my Sagittarius house and I am a Sagittarius. And so I know that there's an identity piece, particularly for me, because cancer rules the house that Sagittarius is sort of attached to in this lifetime. And so I know for me, when I think about that, I think, okay, I actually, I am not getting what I want. I don't have the money to travel right now. And that really sucks for me. I'm actually quite disappointed it's because I'm choosing to prioritize things like debt, things like getting house in order, you know, other things that come up that just feel more important than me being able to drop a lot of money. And actually that just happened this weekend. We were going to go to a concert, um, was the plan back a few months ago. And as it came up, I said, we just don't have the money or we do, but we'd have to sacrifice this other thing that we set as a priority to do it. So we had to make that choice. And that was an important choice, but it was a disappointing choice. I didn't get what I wanted. Um, and so there's a little bit of energy of that, um, that can be there. And so go check your house, right? You know, if this, if cancer's in your seventh house, you might be feeling like, you know, your closest relationships, just you're not happy in them at the moment. You're not really getting what you wanted there after really wanting that. Um, you know, if you're, if your cancer's in the 10th house, you know, you might have, uh, new prospects of your career or be creating a reputation for yourself out in the world publicly where you're like, oh, I, you know, this isn't the reputation I wanted to create. I'm really disappointed um, that this is sort of how other people see me, or I'm disappointed that this is actually how this job is. And I'm, I'm quite actually unhappy in this job. 
Um, and so really consider that of where you are, where your cancer is, that, that some of those things might just be bringing you a, a sense of, I'm, I'm not getting what I want here. And so we're sort of grappling with that right now, I think, um, in our life and, you know, just consider that. Um, so let me just go through the houses for that. Cause that feels important. So if cancer, your cancer rising or, or cancer is in your first house, you might be feeling this sense of not really enjoying your image of yourself, the way you see yourself or the way you sort of show up in the world in a physical sense of who you are. You might be really kind of unhappy um, with your wardrobe and your new haircut and really just how you see yourself as a person lately, like your perception is like, you know, this really isn't who I wanted to be. Um, I've been trying to get this thing I want. And now that I have the haircut or I have these certain look um, or I've created this certain identity of myself in the world, it's not so satisfying. If you have cancer in the second house, then you might have a lot of physical possessions um, that you thought you really liked. And now you're looking around your home or wherever you live and, and, or looking at like your car or those things that you own, those things that you are cost a lot of money that are worth something to you and your own worthiness. And you might be going, uh, like, I don't really like these things. Or I thought when I got them, I'd be happy. And I just feeling really unfulfilled by my physical space and the physical things I own. Um, you might also have tried to do something to prove your worthiness in the second house if cancer is there and are finding that that has brought you a lot of disappointment um, or it didn't turn out quite the way you wanted. If you have cancer in the third house, um, then you might be finding that this new belief that you created, or maybe you've been sort of following certain intellectual things or even like I often think like politics as well anything that's based in how you've been thinking about things it's like you've been trying to create new belief systems for yourself and you're just finding you're really unhappy um, you might also be really stuck in your head right now with cancer in the third house and this reverse nine of cups going you know I don't like I'm intellectualizing everything and, and I haven't really been been able to feel my feelings lately. And that's really making me unhappy. That's really disappointing. Um, also communication, you might have tried to talk about things out into the world or with a partner or created a certain way that you can communicate and you are no longer satisfied. Even in the social media realm, you might have started a new account on a new social media app and you're just finding you're really unhappy um, with that account or with being on that certain particular thing. Um, but just really watch that communication or in your mind, something's really disappointing you or bringing you unhappiness with how that's going. If you have cancer in the fourth house, it's obviously in its home in the fourth house and you might be feeling 
quite disappointed by family members, um, especially mothers or your mother line, um, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, not as much sisters, more your elders. Um, you might be feeling really unhappy with them. You might be feeling like, you know, the kind of relationship you want with them isn't materializing. You also might be feeling a little disappointed in the home you've chosen in this world, in the family that you chose to have, and just feeling like that, you know, that chosen family is no longer bringing you a sense of fulfillment, um, that it's not giving you enough. Um, and so your current home that you are in as an adult and the people you've chosen, there might just be some disappointments there on the home front with family where, you know, you're just kind of feeling unhappy with things. If you have cancer in the fifth house, um, you may not be feeling so great. Uh, again, it's like we're getting something and then the receiving of it doesn't end up feeling so good. It's like, you know, be careful what you wish for. We think we want something. And then when we get it, we realize it's not all it's cracked up to be. And so the fifth house is your creativity, your pleasure and your children, uh, sometimes your pets. And so these things that we brought into our life that we wanted to create joy or we birthed them to create joy. Um, and maybe we had a certain image of what that would be. We might not be feeling so great. Those things, um, I know children, it's a little different than say other pleasurable pursuits, but it's like some project we had, some creation we worked on, um, some passion project or the way that we've been relaxing in the world and resting. It hasn't been doing its job. It's not allowing us to rest. It's not allowing us to do those things. We may, you may even, especially if your, your kids are quite grown, you might be feeling a little disappointed, um, in yourself, um, for yourself and, and the attachments you have to choices they're making in their life. And maybe you're feeling, um, uh, that sense of entitlement of like, they should be listening to me and what I want for them. And, and they're not because they're their own people and, and you really can't control them. And so that could be there in the fifth house as well. Now the sixth house is our health and sort of those daily routines we do to cr create a sense of wellness in our life. Um, and you know, it's the Virgo house. So it's how we stay organized in our life. Um, you know, it's how we schedule our time and all those beautiful things. It's also the mystic house. So, um, that really physical well-being of, nourishment as well as in there. And so we might have been feeding ourselves in ways that it's not creating a really successful outcome. It's not what we wanted, um, out of our wellness right now. We may be feeling a sense of disappointment in our schedules or I've created this schedule and now I'm just like really unhappy with it. Um, it can be our day-to-day -day work schedule as well. So, uh, we may no longer, be feeling good about the way we've set up our days. And we thought, well, if I could just set my day up like this, I'd feel really good. But if you have cancer in that house, you might be feeling like, hmm, funnily enough, this is actually not how I wanted to feel. Um, and so change coming, right? <clears throat> if you have cancer in the seventh house, again, we talked about this, but 
you may be feeling like you finally got the relationship or the best friends or the business partner that you have been longing for. And now that you have them, um, you, you don't actually feel fulfilled in these, in these connections. Um, you might be feeling a sense of disappointment in how these relationships are going or that you're not getting what you need out of them. Um, and especially you thought you would feel a certain way once you were in these relationships and actually that hasn't now come true. You have the people, but the way you thought you would feel just isn't there. Um, just be careful in this house because this is where um, we can really lose ourselves with cancer in the seventh house to our relationships. Um, and it can make us really moody. It can make us really cranky people. Um, and we will stay in the unhappiness in order to sort of uh, avoid uh, change or avoid displeasing people with cancer um, because we do want to nurture our relationships. Um, and so it can be really hard if you have cancer in the seventh house to let go of relationships that don't nurture, um, or we don't feel the way we want to be feeling. So, um, sometimes that's us. Sometimes that's about our expectations and self-work. Um, other times it's just simply the compatibility of the person we're with, um, that we just don't feel the way we want to be feeling. And that's a hard one in the seventh house. If you have cancer in the eighth house, then there's a chance that what you have been trying to do around gaining your, your sense of personal power, the way you've been trying to sort of collaborate with others and sort of get what you want from them and them sort of give you what you want. You know, there's this real exchange happening in the eighth house where I give you this and so you give me that. It's also our mental health. It's also our sex life. And it's also our, our grief and sometimes loss. And so you might be feeling like, you know, you, you have a sex life. You have um, this connection with someone where there's some give and take. You have been working on things like your mental health um, and like why you do the things you do. But none of it is really bringing you a, a sense of happiness. You thought if I could just work on these really subconscious things or work on like what motivated me, then my sex life might get better and my intimacy with people might get better. And you know what, how people meet my needs and how I meet theirs would get better. And there's just this sort of feeling of like, okay, we're doing that, but I still feel unhappy. We're doing that, but I still feel like it lacks something that feels very vital to me. Uh, we're doing that, but I, you know, we're doing it out of a sense of entitlement. Like we have to, instead of from this place of care and love and whatnot. So, um, if you have cancer in the ninth house, um, it's kind of like what I said, where, <laughs> because it's mine, uh, we might be feeling like, um, because the ninth house is travel or higher education, it's like this expansion and being able to go out and seek something new and, and broaden your horizons. You may just feel like one, your mind is closed right now. Um, or you may be feeling like you learned something new or you went somewhere new and it just didn't 
really give you what you needed. Um, you, again, a lot of this is, I thought it would be this and it's not. And that's really disappointing to me. And so again, you might feel like you went on a trip or like me, I couldn't go on a trip and that was really disappointing. Or you felt like you wanted to go back to school or you know, sometimes this is our publishing. So we take our creativity and everything happening in previous houses and we put it out into the world um, to see. And you might be feeling really disappointed by like um, something you published or something you put out into the world and you thought it would do this wonderful thing. And it's just not, it's not feeling how you wanted it to feel. Remember that it doesn't mean any of these, it doesn't mean any of them are bad things to be happening. Is that it doesn't feel the way we thought it was going to feel. It doesn't have the level of fulfillment and happiness we thought it would bring us. Um, and it's, again, like we're putting all our happiness eggs in one basket and that did not turn out well. Wrong basket. <laughs> uh, tenth house, again, we sort of talked about where you might have gone for a career um, that you thought you wanted um, you started sort of showing up in the public eye the way you wanted, and it doesn't feel the way you thought it would feel. Um, and it really isn't bringing you a sense of happiness to be doing this. Um, if you're in the 11th house, then we might, you might have been joined groups or communities, um, of people or your peers, and maybe you've even switched peer groups or you, you went somewhere new and you're just not feeling happiness in your friendships. You thought, oh, I'll just, you know, again, because it's like going for something we want. Uh, you know, I want this sort of friendship. I want these sort of groups. I want to hang out with these sort of people. And when you do, all of a sudden you're realizing it's not the way you thought it would feel. And, um, you know, it's not bringing a sense of happiness to you um, and that you felt entitled to that and you're just not getting it. Now, 12th house is a little trickier for me. 12th house is deeply about our spirituality, our subconsciousness, our fears, um, even deeper motivations than the eighth house because it's more um, spiritual in nature. It's more mysterious in nature. And, um, I think if you have cancer here, um, chances are that you might have, how do I want to say this? You might have wanted to find your belonging, um, with, with something, someone, um, you know, the 12th house is about spiritual connections. It's about our intuition it's about what, say, a higher power is telling us to do. And um, all of that leads to this sense of belonging and that you were wanted here. Um, but it also runs our deepest fears and our most unconditional love. That's why it's belonging, right? Um, and so if you were here, there's a chance that you might have been working on a really deep spiritual level with yourself, uh, that maybe you were trying to give unconditionally or create this really deep, almost spiritual connection with somebody or something, um, even your own intuition. And you thought it would feel a certain way and it doesn't. There's really a disillusionment in this. And actually what I'm hearing, because the 12th house can be a little more ethereal than all the other houses, um, and it's more about spiritual principles like 
unconditional love, selfishness, morality, all those things can happen in this house. Um, and especially intuition and the way we hear something deeper going on or something bigger going on in us and outside of us. It could be that you followed your intuition or you followed um, a spiritual principle and um, you thought following it would get you what you wanted and what, especially what your mind wanted and was telling you again to hearken back to that ego we were talking about um, when our ego wants something, right? When our nervous system wants something and it's actually really not what our deep intuition wants. Um, and so you might have listened to your intuition or listened to a higher power, or listened to a, your higher self or um, dug deep into um you know, that, that portal of love in you and you followed it and that's great. It's good, but it's not what you expected. And it might've brought about some disappointments. So I know that took a while. Thanks for sticking with me. Something about that really felt important for us to talk about. So let's get into this three card reading to help us really support the fact that the new moon is sort of showing us where we got what we wanted and it doesn't feel the way we thought it would feel. So the root card, the intention, the thing that we want to grow is six of pentacles. So this experience for us, however, it's coming through for you, which hopefully you really got somewhat more clear on or pinpointed when I went through all the houses is six of pentacles. And so the intention we want to set right now is really about creating this sense of new giving and receiving in this lifetime. The six of pentacles is about rebalancing our physical resources and energy, our body energy and vitality, our time and our money, you know, all and, and other things that resource us, of course, that are more physical and real and tangible in nature. And so from this card, it's about the way we give to people who need it, but also the way that another gives to us when we need it. And so think about setting intentions around the people in your life who truly can be generous with you. What does it feel like when someone's being generous towards you and helping you, like giving you what you need to meet a need and not giving you as in you can't do it yourself or moving into the victimhood or moving into being a parent to you, but more who in this lifetime is generous with their time when I need it, who has shown me that they are generous um, with their money when I need it, who is generous with what they have, their wisdom, um, their attentiveness, who's generous with their interest in me, who's generous with their, their body, who's, who's giving me affection, um, and who's, who's offering me up a physical bond. And maybe there's a person with our nine of cups reverse, who's not doing that. And you go, Hmm, that's interesting. I thought I, I really thought this person could give me this, 
But now I'm realizing I need to set new intentions to find people who know how to give. And then really, because this card is a back and forth balance, it's also about looking at the way we give that. Are we generous with our time and attention? Have we been generous with our body? As in, we can give affection. Um, We can give sometimes even labor, right? If somebody needs help, we can be of service to them, lend them a helping hand. Are we generous with our resources, our money, our material goods, our giving food to people? to someone who just had a baby, you know, are we a generous person? And so the intention here is reciprocity. The intention and the seed here is a life of support that's both give and receive. Do I know how to be available for the people in my life who are giving? Am I making myself available to the people who show me they are giving people? And they have the capacity to give on all all these beautiful levels, these real practical levels. And am I being that person back who really knows how to give to people? And how do we build something that's reciprocal and supportive and generous? And uh, that's really what community is. And so I think we're setting big root systems. We're setting big um, seeds of growth for ourselves right now during this cancer new moon of like, who is my chosen family going to be because this is cancer and how, you know, and, and I really need to nurture this seed that is building a life where the people in my life are generous of themselves and I am generous of myself to them. And how do I find out who those people are, right? Because we need to actually notice who that is and get really honest with ourselves about who is generous with their attention, time, and giving me, helping me meet the needs I have in this lifetime. Um, and because of that, it's so much easier to offer them exactly what they need to. There's this beautiful back and forth. So we are deeply seeding that into our life, possibly some of us for the very first time, noticing generosity, noticing the giving and the receiving, and noticing the balance that's absolutely needed in order for us not to get back into our reverse nine of cups, where we keep going for things because we think We think the result of it will give us what we need. And the six of pentacles says, how do I get that all along the way? Where even when I'm in the process of going for something I want, I have community. I have reciprocal relating. People are helping me do it rather than me trying to go off in the reverse nine of cups and push myself for something I need that didn't have any of those keys of fulfillment, those things that I wanted to feel. I was waiting until I got the thing to feel them and realized because I didn't feel them all along, they don't exist now, right? They don't exist now. If I create something out of hustle, can I really expect the result to feel ease, to, to be ease? Or if I create something out of ease, 
then of course the result is also going to be ease. So considering that. All right, the next one is resource. How do we protect this? What does this need of us? So if we are growing reciprocity into our life and creating a community of generosity around us and the people around us, what does this need to continue? And that is the reversed two of pentacles. And funnily enough, I just got this card with my neighbor the other day who comes down to do tarot with me on Sundays. And we were talking about reverse two of pentacles. And so two of pentacles is also about balance. Funnily enough, balancing our resources, sort of staying flexible, um, juggling a couple intentions at one time, but really taking care of everything, being able to do that. But two of pentacles tells us now's not the time to try to do it all. And again, this is pentacles. So this is very rooted in our real life and how we spend our time and resources and energy. Um, and so this is saying that trying to do too much is actually creating an imbalance. We're going to get overwhelmed. Things are going to get messy and chaotic. We're going to overextend ourselves and we're it's going to lead to burnout. And if you listen to my podcast on Mars and Virgo, you know that part of that reading was about, you know, continuing to strive for things that burn us out. Um, and so we don't want to do that. And one of the really practical things that came out of my conversation with my neighbor was they were trying to do too much in a single week. Um, and they had just this this really big situation or thing happening on the weekend. And then they were adding this other huge project that really was theirs. There's no due date. It was something they wanted to do, but it was a huge project. They were going to do it the same week. And what we concluded was that needs to be put off <laughs> because there actually is this thing happening that's going to probably take a lot of energy. And they were not being realistic about the time and space and energy they would need in order to do both things at once. And it just wasn't viable. And if they chose to do it, they were going to get overwhelmed. It was going to feel chaotic. They were going to burn out and that that was going to be an emotional mess. Um, and so we're getting the same message that what this needs is for us to stop trying to do it all. That w think about your life over the next two weeks and see if you can take some things off your plate. What is the top priority? And so don't divide yourself is what I'm saying. If you're trying to do this for yourself and that for somebody else, what's the most important here? And I mean, I always encourage you to do what you need to do for your life um, because that other thing also has an adult involved probably. Even if you think that they're gonna fail at it, that's their business. Um, they are the adult in charge of that. And so I'm even thinking about myself going, wow, yeah, I need to not overextend myself because I actually have something coming up over the next two weeks um, that I'm going to have to put a lot of energy into. And I'm going to have to make sure everything's in order for that. And if I take on more, I've already sort of waited until the last two weeks to do these things. That's not going to be great for me. And what that's telling me with the six of pentacles beside it is that that's going to be really destructive to my community and the reciprocal community I'm trying to create. 
and the people I'm trying to call into my life um, that are able to both give and receive. Um, and I don't want to do that. And so this is about picking a focus. So we resource ourselves when we pick a priority for the next two weeks and everything else we sort of shuffle aside and we say, look, that, that actually can be put off two weeks. So do I want to organize my house right now? Absolutely. Should I make sure this project I'm working on with a group gets priority over reorganizing my closet? Yes. Now, maybe I'll get to do both, but this is about choosing the priority and making sure those things are done first. Okay? <laughs> do not try to juggle your resources, responsibilities, projects this week. Don't try to do it. Even I would say over the next two weeks. Um, so don't overload yourself with, with to-dos. All right. The last one we have is how to respond. So as things are happening over the next two weeks, um, as we are sort of looking at generous people, looking at reciprocal community, looking at the thing that, you know, we thought this would feel different and it doesn't feel different. Um, I went for this thing and I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not getting it. Um, or, you know, like I thought I wanted to do this and now that it's pretty much here, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want to do it. Um, that we're going to have to pick a priority to get how to get through it. Um, and as things happen, how can we be responding? And I got the queen of swords and I love that because it's saying respond with honesty, respond with your words, respond by being fair and true, respond by being objective and constructive. You know, the queen of swords can be a little bit of a criticism energy because they're just so honest. It becomes that harsh, bitter, brutal honesty. But there is a subtle line between constructive criticism that's absolutely needed. Absolutely okay. We should not be afraid that people critique, especially our closest people critique us. Um, but we don't need to be harsh and bitter about it. We can stay honest. We can stay fair. And so your response to life is to verbalize your honesty, verbalize your truth, and verbalize it in a way where you're not disparaging other people to be honest about who you are. We don't have to drag other people's wrongs into the mix to simply respond to life, respond to that person, um, respond to a situation with honesty and fairness, and there's a little bit of the queen of swords that stays independent. And so there's this don't merge with the happenings. Don't merge with the outcomes, right? Don't put yourself in a position where if something happens, you deeply internalize it as happening to you. In this case, it may be happening to others or it may be a situation outside or like the project I'm working on. This is like, I'm going to stay honest. I'm going to stay fair if things don't work. You know, I'm going to allow people to reflect to me a little bit of objectivity about what I'm doing. I'm also going to reflect that to others. 
you know, I'm really going to try to see things super clearly, but I am not going to merge with all those things. I am independent. And that's that. And, and I love this because it's, it's the crab shell. It's the thing that says all this vulnerability in me, all this softness that I feel, and even some of the disappointment we've been talking about, that's mine. And it deserves to have a strong protective space. And that's part of our stability is that we can trust ourselves to not allow that, that inside softness to fuse out into the world and merge with everything around it. It needs containment. And the Queen of Swords is a beautiful talisman of containment. I am me, but I can be honest about me. I am me and I can be fair about you. I can be perceptive, objective. I can hold my heart tenderly and use my head here because my head's actually maybe needed in this situation and not our head as in our worries and our anxieties and our stories are really clear, rational, perceptive space in our head, our consciousness. And so that's how we need to respond over the next two weeks. We need to stay clear headed and honest and contained and not contained like we keep everything in contained as in I have energetic boundaries that say I am not merging with this thing. I'm not merging my emotional life with you. I am me. You are you. This situation is a situation. It's outside of me and I am me. And I can still get involved. I can still be honest. I can still give. But I can be contained. And that's a beautiful space to be in. All right, with that, I'm going to wrap up this reading. I hope you really enjoyed. I know we went deep into cancer energy and some other things. Um, So beautiful beautiful. I really enjoyed being here. Again, listen up for that um that north node in Aries. Again, it might be today as we come to the end of this, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I shouldn't try to do too much with our two of pentacles reversed. And so there's a good likelihood I might hold off and do that one tomorrow for us so that we can really sit in the energy of the new moon. All right. Be well. I care about you and we'll see you in that next episode. Bye now.